days of the church year take precedence over the usual Sunday readings. This is one of those days. On February 2nd, no matter what day of the week it falls, we celebrate the presentation of the Lord. The Jewish law called for firstborn sons to be presented in the Jerusalem temple 40 days after they were born. St. Luke tells us that when Mary and Joseph fulfilled this requirement of the law, two prophets announced God's plans for the child. At this Mass, we celebrate something extra special. Can you think of a better day to celebrate a baptism? Chantel and Matthew present their daughter to this church community, asking for her admission into the body of Christ. For a thousand years, it has been traditional to bless new candles on this day. And so the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord is often called Candle Mass. We have laid all of our unused candles in front of the altar to be blessed. And if any of you have brought candles to be blessed, please hold them aloft now. Now, if we were doing this the right way, we'd all have met at a chapel about a mile from here. We'd all have candles, and we would now process here. We have this little tiny procession as a facsimile. We, like Simeon and Anna, are gathered together by the Holy Spirit. Let us also enter the house of God to encounter Christ. Here we shall find him and recognize him in the breaking of the bread until he comes again, revealed in glory. Now usually, when we're in lectionary cycle A, as we are right now, we begin the month of February by hearing the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Specifically today, the Beatitudes. But not this year. We have something more important to celebrate. Now, what could possibly be more important than the Beatitudes? Well, if you're from western Pennsylvania, like a few of us here in the room, the answer would be obvious. At my last job as an engineer, we did a lot of military work, and every year or so, Senator Arlen Specter would come by. And one of my colleagues, his name was Dave, he was from a town about 80 miles northeast of Pittsburgh, he would always ask Senator Specter to introduce a bill in Congress to make this day a national holiday. Well, what day in midwinter is so important to us in western Pennsylvania? Well, most people would say the Super Bowl. Now, I'm cheering for Peyton, okay? I'm cheering for Peyton, but, you know, come on, one Super Bowl so far? We have six. They booed at the last Mass. I didn't want people to boo. I just wanted them to laugh. But that wasn't what my friend Dave was talking about. Because that little town he was from was Punxsutawney. And here's the amazing thing. The presentation of the Lord, the feast we celebrate today, is connected to Groundhog Day. How? Well, we have a little bit of work to do to get there. So let's start with why the presentation of the Lord is celebrated on February 2nd. For the past two months, a lot of our scripture readings have talked about light and darkness. And that makes sense. Advent occurs in December the darkest month of the year. Christmas, the reason we celebrate Christmas on December 25th is it is three days after the winter solstice. The days are just starting to get a little longer. And so it's a reminder to us that God's promise not to leave us in darkness 
is being fulfilled. But today, today is 40 days later. Remember, the Jewish law said the the son is supposed to be taken to the temple on the 40th day. And today is also the midpoint of winter. At this point, the days are noticeably longer. The truth is obvious. God continues to give us his light. And you have till tonight to get your Christmas decorations down. (laughs) So what does this have to do with Punxsutawney Phil? Well, we're not sure if the Romans, especially the Roman soldiers, when they went up into northern Europe, if they brought a tradition with them, or if when they got to the Germanic peoples, they already had a pagan practice. But what we know is shortly by the time after the Romans and the Germans interacted with each other, there was a tradition on this day, the midpoint day of winter, to look to animals and to weather of that day to predict what the weather of the next six weeks would be. Here, this this. Uh, was spread throughout all of northern Europe. And here is a lyric of an old English song. If Candlemas be fair and bright, come winter, have another flight. If Candlemas brings clouds and rain, go winter and come not again. Now, I don't know why, but to determine if February 2nd was indeed bright or cloudy, the Germans looked to the shadows of hedgehogs. When the Germans settled Pennsylvania, there weren't very many hedgehogs. So instead, they used groundhogs. There you have it. You try that at your next dinner party and let me know if people are fascinated or bored to tears. What does this mean for us Christian disciples? It means that no matter what the current weather is on our spiritual journey, whether it be fair and bright, or clouds and rain, we are each called to be a light in the darkness, like Simeon and like Anna. Now, at first glance, Simeon and Anna seem very different from us. They received a direct revelation from God. But are they really that different? They simply proclaimed God's promises already revealed in sacred scripture. And as you've already figured out, you chose the right Mass to come to this weekend, as we have five people among us reenacting the drama of the presentation. Chantel and Matthew bring Avery Grace to the church. Now you don't have to stand up. Don't worry. I'll give you a cue. And Rebecca and Kenson are here to attest to the promises that God has already made to her. Anna was a prophetess, we are told. But do you think the people really thought that when they saw her? She was an 84-year-old widow with apparently no family. She was from the tribe of Asher, which is the tribe furthest from Judah, furthest from Jerusalem. And yet she came and lived at the temple night and day. Today, we would probably characterize her as one of the elderly homeless. There are actually only 12 facilities in the entire United States that care for the elderly homeless. One of them is here in Knoxville, Samaritan Place, run by Catholic Charities. But most of these people we see, sometimes because of circumstances beyond their control, have nowhere to go. What would we think of Anna if we saw her today? And then there's Simeon. 
Simeon is shown in a lot of Christian artwork, and he's usually shown as an old man with a flowing beard. But there's nothing in here about his age. Perhaps he was a young man when he received this revelation from God. Similar to Therese of Lisieux, Joan of Arc, Lucy or Agnes. In other words, undergraduates, maybe Simeon was younger than you. No matter our age, no matter our spiritual circumstances, no matter what Paxitani predicts next year, this year he said six more weeks of winter, we, like Avery Grace, are called to be baptized into the body of Christ, to be the light of the world, to proclaim God's good news and God's future promises with joy.